Welcome back to the Mammy Show. This is your host, Rohit. Today we have Chris, the founder and CEO at Gersha and Investor. Thank you, Chris, for getting into the show. Sure. Thanks for having me. So would you just like to give a quick intro of yourself, how you started with entrepreneurship and so on? Sure. I, myself, I, I've had 24 companies uh, in all different industries, everything from B2B, B2C, B2B2C. Um, I started out in terms of business when I was very extremely young. Uh, from the age of six, I started running you know, side businesses or really little tiny things that I would do uh, to get into business. Uh, but I've had a, a tremendous amount of business experience. Uh, my, my consumer products have been sold across the world in more than 11,000 different stores. Uh, my tech products, I have users uh, in more than 148 different countries across the globe. Uh, so I've got a lot of experience when it comes to startups in general and starting companies. What to do when it's just you, you know, like how to prove to other guys who are experienced and how to get them in. Definitely. Well, well, there's a couple things there that's going on. It sounds like a simple question, you know, how to go ahead and start with just yourself or what you do, but it's actually, you know, more of a, a complex answer because there's a lot of different layers going on. So the first thing that, that I remember doing when I was just starting out, uh, and I just had, let's say, an idea and, and tried to get it off the ground, is that one of the things I would do is I would tell it to almost every person that I could. Now, what that ends up doing is it really makes it aware to the founder, the person that has that idea, whether or not they have something. So let me explain. So the more people that you tell, you'll typically see one of two patterns emerge. Everybody will crap on that idea. Everybody will think that, hey, that idea absolutely sucks. Uh, and then there's another group of people that, you know, hey, that idea is good or whatever it may be. Uh, and they start patting you on the back. But either one of those things is not necessarily a green flag or a red flag to move forward. What it's doing is, is allowing you to start making that vision more concrete. The second that you start having this vision, this thing that you want to do, unless you actually put it out there, you're talking to people, you don't hear yourself really saying it. And what it allows you to do is to start refining that pitch. It allows you to go ahead and see what words resonate with people. It allows you to see, hey, can I expand that vision? Are people attracted to it enough to where I can start to get them involved in some way? And what that starts to do is lay the groundwork for the DNA of the company creation, of the product creation. But also that, that initial stuff when you're just talking to people and telling them about it and, and seeing reactions and getting feedback, albeit negative, albeit positive, whatever it may be, that starts to really craft that vision, that rough vision into a more specific focused vision. And that focused vision, that focused pitch is actually what starts resonating with people. It starts resonating with investors. It starts resonating and giving you the blueprint for really market entry into the product, into the company creation or the product creation. So it's not a simple thing what you're doing when you're talking to people initially about that idea. Also, the other thing is it really tests how important that idea is to you because that's where that uncomfortable stage kicks in. The second that you start talking to people about something and you start getting negative feedback, you yeah. start to see, hmm, you know, how much do I really care about this idea? How important is it? Am I willing to go through the fire to actually get this idea done? Do I really believe in it? Or are these people able to kill my dreams by their negative comments? And that's, that's important stuff right there.
Is there any process to get started using it? Yeah, think about it this way. When, when you're talking to people about your product, about your company, there's something called the vested interest market, the VIM, okay? Uh -huh. The VIM are the people or companies that have the most to gain from the success or failure of your company. So when you start really talking to the VIM, the people that have the most to gain from the success or failure of what your idea is, that stuff starts to become more valuable. And those are the people that you should try to help build up your team. You know, like, let's say you're setting up something to do with a, a diabetic food company. Like you're going to manufacture food for, for people that have diabetes. Well, you know, your team should fundamentally be made up of people that have diabetes or a family member that has diabetes yeah. or that they've experienced diabetes in some way in their circle, their sphere, because they get it. And then it doesn't become transactional. What happens is the teams that are built around those ideas, they'd have that vested interest and it becomes more of a mission. And the companies that are created, even when you're starting with nothing, you can do it, uh, literally have a much higher success rate, a dramatically higher success rate. Do you think is it hard to find a business partner? Well, think about it this way. I don't fundamentally believe in finding like necessarily equal business partners. So hear me out. When you're a founder and you're a lone founder, you're that person with that idea. That's really your baby, your fundamental idea. So it is important to build a team. Okay. Now a team can have different equity positions, different ownership percentages, yeah. et cetera. But when you're going ahead, you don't really want to necessarily find an equal founder because no one's going to be equal to you in terms of what they're willing to do to get your idea off the ground other than you. So the, the more important way to think about it is how do I, you know, who do I need to get this idea from zero to one? How do I get it from zero to an actual market viable product, not a minimum viable product, but a market viable product. And people do join other people to make those things happen without needing cash, without needing investors. That's what Gusher does. That's how we create companies from the ground up using nothing. How do you keep going when you have no money, you know, like, well, as you said, we, we had to touch on a rule there that good deal first, money second, good deal first, money second. I'm going to say it a third time. Good deal first, money second. There's uh -huh. a reason. Okay. So everybody has this, this fairy tale of Silicon Valley, of business startup, that you have a great idea, you have a pitch deck, you're working out of your garage or your home, you talk mm -hmm. to some investors, you get funding, and the next year you get a billion dollar valuation and you're off to the races. But yeah. the reality is that it doesn't really happen that way. There, there has to be a way for you to go ahead and be able to get some type of traction, typically some type of revenue to actually demonstrate what you're doing without the need for investors, without the need for capital. So what typically happens is you're able to either test market an idea without having the product and then develop the product. So one of the things that we used to do is we would contact uh, very large chains, store chains, like in the US, Walmart, Target, uh, certain other chains before we even had a product developed. And we would create a one page spec, send it to them and see if their buyers were interested. If the buyers were interested in it, well, then we created the product using you know, a performance-based equity team, got it off the ground and able to get in. But most people these days, what they do is they go ahead and feel a need to create that product upfront before they even have necessarily sales. And so what I say to founders time and time again is that you're not in the whatever business. So you're not in a material science business. You're not in a SaaS business. You're not in a fintech business. You're not in the consumer goods business. What you are in is a marketing business 
first and foremost. And so marketing has to be taken from that very first step, from the ideation of the company. When you're talking to people, that's a form of marketing. And that is a form of extremely valuable feedback. And you need to build your company, creating it from the ground up with creating either revenue or, jet, or getting investors from the very, very, very beginning and not something in between, but really primarily becoming self-sustaining from the very beginning. How should someone understand like to trust the process? The, the not giving up on the goals and trusting the process and, and how to do it is really kind of all interrelated, okay? And, and I, I don't say this lightly. So when you have an idea, you typically have this little voice inside of you that says X can be done, or I believe this is a great idea. And, and it's this little tiny voice, this one little lonely, tiny voice. And then you have all these other voices. You have all these fears. You have all these reasons why it shouldn't work or wouldn't work or couldn't work. I don't know if you can see, but I'm getting goosebumps. This is not right. I got it. <laughs> because it's true what I'm saying right here. So you have this little tiny voice and all these outside forces tell you, no, it couldn't be done. It's a stupid idea. Why would that work? Why would anybody do it? Why would they pay that much? Whatever the reasons are. And it slowly chips away at your dream and everything else. What a founder has to understand, what a person has to understand is that that is a fundamental fight for your soul, for your happiness. It is not a small little fight that is going on there. If you swallow it down and you don't follow that path, those are the people that on their deathbed are sitting there saying, I should have done this. I could have done this. I wish I had done this. And so you have to be very crystal clear that that is a fight, a fight for everything. And that one little voice inside you that says, yes, that you can do it, that is all that's needed. But it's not all great day to day. You have downs, you have ups, you have all these other things that happen, but really you just have to keep that fire burning. And so you're not going to feel good every day. You're not going to want to do it every day. You're not going to feel strong or have the best of luck or anything else. But you, there's only one person, one person on the face of this earth that can stop that roller coaster ride, Rohit. And that roller coaster ride of entrepreneurship, who's the only person that can stop that roller coaster ride? That's real. That's real. On the you. Yep. You. You're the only person that can stop it. So it doesn't matter if the government says stop it. It doesn't matter if your family says stop it. Yeah. It doesn't matter if your spouse, your brother, your, your boss, your whatever the hell says stop it. There's only one person that can decide to stop it. So just don't stop it. Just keep going. So any best advice do you have for anyone who is getting started in the entrepreneurship? There's two things I always say to entrepreneurs, and they seem extremely simple, but they've literally changed everything in terms of my life for the better. Uh, there's two rules I follow, okay? One is I am enough, meaning uh -huh. that... I don't know everything. I don't pretend to know everything. I've never written a line of code. I've never gone ahead and studied material science. I've never really gone ahead and mastered marketing, but I am enough, meaning that I'm enough with the tools that I have wherever I am across this globe to start, just to start, just to go ahead and get the damn thing going. I don't need any specialized tools. I personally am enough to get that going. And the second thing is, and it's the most important thing, is that literally you can never, never give up. Never. It seems simple, but it's what we were just talking about with listening to that little voice and not making the decision twice. Once you make that decision to move forward, never give up, ever 
period, because you will eventually get there. I can't tell you how many founders I've seen give up so prematurely, it's insane. And they don't realize that what they're doing is just going through the process of entrepreneurship. Yeah. If they yeah. never give up, they would have gotten through it. They would have gotten through the furnace. Eventually, they would have. But most people tap out a long, a long time ahead of time before they reach that. So just never give up. That's all you need to know. Failure is a part of success. You know that. Absolutely. It's their stepping stones to success. They're required stepping stones. It, it's just part of the process. You fail, you fail, you fail, and then suddenly you make it, and everybody knew you'd make it. You know, that's the way it happens. Well, thank you so much for getting into the show. It was lovely to have you in and sharing these bunch of insights. So we would love to have you in into the next season or so. And thank you so much for having in right now. You know. Thanks for having me, Rohit. It's been an honor. It's been a privilege.